0: Welcome to Well Said, a podcast produced by the Well Community Church and hosted by Mary Graham and Tori Mayo. Our desire is to equip you with the knowledge and confidence to apply a biblical perspective to current topics while building and strengthening connections around our church. Join us as we explore how our faith intersects with the world around us. Well, well, well. Good morning. What up? Doing good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, We have some extremely honorable guests today.
0: Extremely high honorable guests. You know, it's one of those
1: things where it's like, I feel like when we get to heaven and we're standing before the Mm -hmm. Lord, the Lord is going to look at me and be like, gosh, I just, I didn't make you as well as I made Daniel Marino. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like it just feels like it's like, when you're standing next to glory, yeah, right, and like you can feel the glory of the Lord radiating, yeah, it's the like,
0: holiness, it makes you see your sinful self.
1: It really does. Like yeah. I just, I, I, feel, I feel small next to you. Thank you, thank you. That's an honor. I don't know whether to feel honored or backhand <laughs> sarcastic. Welcome.
0: It's real. It's real. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you guys are actually our first guests welcome. ever. So welcome. Thank you. That I feel honored for. It. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. yes. Wow. So, Tori, yeah. why that's are they
1: cool. here today? Yeah. So okay. So. We uh, obviously um, are a a church that cares deeply about uh, leadership and leadership rightly. Uh, You see all throughout the scriptures, there's different leaders that are leading people in different times to be able to see the fullness, the goodness, the glory of God. Um, And we think that the Lord has established actually elders over the local church to be able to lead and to guide and to shape. Even for me as the lead pastor, I submit to the elders, which we'll talk about later. Um, And that's a big health. It keeps our church healthy. It keeps... uh, things in right order. And so we want to just both hear a little bit of uh, the Lynx's story um, and why that's important for our church. And even just understand a little bit more about eldering, a little bit more about what that means, what that looks like, why that's important. Um, Something that may seem a little bit foreign to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. and yet there's actually a lot of importance in their lives without them even realizing it. Uh, which we'll talk about some. And so, yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. So in lieu of our icebreaker today, sorry to let y'all down, and as a gift to Tori. Praise God. <laughs>
1: we'll need to do we fun. would love yeah. to just
0: hear from the lenses. Some of our listeners know who you all are. Some of you of them have not been blessed by you all. And so just wanted to give y'all a few minutes to kind of share... Wait, wait, before they share,
1: before they share, can I just kind of interject something real quick? Always. Uh, Neither of the lenses knew that we shot video. They had only listened to it through audio, which some of y'all listening to audio right now may not know we shot video. And uh, Marina was really uh, excited to be here and ready to be present. <laughs> but she really requested that Daniel would not show a ton of PDA in the midst <laughs> of this. And that was her biggest concern. <laughs> not stumbling over answers or not, but Daniel being too touchy on camera. That's a, the I, ju- I just wanted that's to true. call that out. I love that. That's a behind-the-scenes footage. That's probably pretty true. True. Yes, okay, usually. now I'll show you all story. <laughs>
2: Okay, you start.
3: So much more to say on <laughs> Tell them how you, you stopped me in college. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Are we talking about us? Just yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Whatever you. you want to share. Okay. Well, um, my name's Marina, and um, I was born and raised in San Antonio. Um, Grew up, uh, my sister, my mom, and my dad, and we grew up not in a not religious. We just were Christmas and Easter Christians. And then uh, my sister came home with um, from college with Campus Crusade, touting the gospel, and I was like, "You're in a cult." So mm. leave me alone. Mm. Um, and praise God, she didn't leave me alone. She kept on bugging me. And I also had a boyfriend at that time who was like doing. Crazy into Taoism and Buddhism, and I was like, I'm a Buddhist. And which <laughs> what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, in college, senior at high school, my sister tricked me and said, Hey, we're going, I'm going to Enchanted Rock. Oh, it's my birthday. And I was like, Oh, great, let's go to Enchanted Rock. I feel so special. She's in college, brought my best friend, pull up to Enchanted Rock, and like all of these like happy Christians within like a minute are <laughs> like, Hey, Melissa.
2: There's like three busloads of us that day. <laughs> the,
3: yeah. And I was so mad. I stormed up the um, mountain and or the big rock and but was a mountains wanna... in Texas. It was just a really <laughs> a big little rock. little <laughs> yeah. But it felt like a mountain. And Daniel was one of those happy Christians. And um, I started crushing on him like instantly because he was so happy. Which and... obviously doesn't happen to me a lot. <laughs> so this is a
2: special experience for me. This is a special experience for
3: me. <laughs> well, it was good. And um, like, yeah. so I share those stupid questions? Say whatever you want, Okay. Babe. So my sister asks like, she's gotten better. She oh, has these there. really stupid okay. questions. And like each of the girls are like on Turkey Rock and the boys are like on the big one. And she's like, Okay. If there's a nuclear explosion on the whole earth, who would you choose to like restart the world with? You, actually, I think,
2: I think she said repopulate. re-populate. <laughs> yeah, repopulate. Biblical, <laughs> like, biblical. used old, right. to my yeah.
3: sister's stupid questions, and everybody else is kind of quiet. I'm like, I got Daniel. Daniel's mine. <laughs> 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 anyway, I, can't, I don't know why I'm sharing that. Why not, babe? Why not? Why not? So, fast forward. That's how my sister gets me to go to church because I start UT the next year. And, um, I still, like, I had broken up with my boyfriend of, like, long distance. I was ready to break up with him anyway. He's a good guy, though. No, he's not. Then, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so then I start stalking Daniel, stalking, when, like, if he, I knew he lived in Moorhill, and so I would, like, purposely go by there. Mm -hmm. And then there was even one time (laughs) that I, like, ran, like, 100 feet, like, slowed my breathing down because I saw him.
2: On the opposite side of the road.
3: Hey! I was just passing by. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we started— and I asked
2: you out then, actually.
3: No, we did the platonic date. With well, Marissa. yeah, it was,
2: it was never really platonic. I was faking it.
3: No, we went on a platonic date, and then we started dating, and then his friends, like, kind of told him, like, you don't really know where this girl is. And so we— um,
2: Spiritually, yeah. Spiritually. Spiritually, yeah. yeah. And
3: so he broke up, broke my heart, but God used that, and that's how I became a Christian. I received mm-hmm. the Lord because of what the Lord telling me, like— are so depressed about this guy, but I'm going to it's be It's about there for me. You it's not always. about a guy. And mm. so um, it was really powerful. It was behind Red River Church now. And like I received him and then <laughs> we were in an intramural co-ed um, league for football. Yeah. She's Our got flex- a mean spiral. And I woman, got roped actually, into that. Yeah. I don't even know how I got roped into it. And um, Daniel was like real smooth. He's like, so I heard you became a Christian. I'd love to like grab a cup of coffee with Friday you. night.
2: <laughs> Talk about it. At 8 <laughs> o'clock. <Yeah. laughs> i like, like, I'd love to hear about your spiritual growth yeah. <laughs> over dinner.
3: God really used, I tell women this all the time. I'm like, I would, this is not what I would recommend. Yeah. It was like the it's not always a hyper Evangelical point. dating, but the Lord used it completely. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, we were um, engaged we dated for a year, engaged for almost a year, and I got married middle of college. Um, and then Daniel and I just been doing life together. Almost 24 years now. 24 years, this December. Yep. Wow. And we have three children, and um, all our families formed through adoption. And so that's been a wonderful, wild ride um, that we're really open with and we're happy to share at any time. Mm. Um, and they're 15, 12, and 8, <laughs> And our household is either laughing or it's crying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really a lot in between. It's getting better. Actually, Sometimes the Lord's the really like stabilized. We have we have a lot, but mm-hmm. I can't. I'm not going to go on. To it. my mom lives with us right now. Um, my father passed away in the spring, and so that's been really
2: blessing great. to have your mom with us mm-hmm.
3: I but didn't
2: take too much time I love it that's awesome you thank
1: you um, so let me ask this this is a broad question I think all of us can kind of answer this and we're going to kind of interview y'all for the most part okay. but I want to tee us up with like why does the well have elders why should churches maybe even consider having elders in general? Mm-hmm. So maybe a broad question. Maybe I'll start maybe with you, Daniel, being yeah. an elder on the elder board. Mm-hmm. What, what? Yeah, yeah. Let's walk into that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, I didn't grow up in church, and so some of these things are not. I don't. I didn't really have preconceived notions about what all of this would represent. Um, my obs- I became a Christian when I was eighteen, um, and I I think part of the reason why we have elders, we think it's biblically commanded to do so. And it talks about, you know, if it, you know those of you, you know, d- you know aspire to be an overseer is the word we get for elder, you do a good thing. And then in 1 Timothy 3, it goes off and it lists all these, you know, qualifications that hardly anybody can ever feel like they can meet in a good way. Mm-hmm. In a very practical sense in our church, I think um, the way that we think about eldership, um, it is, you know, the if we have to make a decision on behalf of the church, it's made through um, our team. Tori is a part of that team, but it's also, we are Tory's boss, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had different situations where, you know, you know, we as a, a, a team have felt a little differently than Tori. Tori does a really, really great job, and I appreciate um, submitting to his leadership because he is very, very willing to submit to all of us as a team. I think we can help provide. I mean, we all just, we, we don't want to end up in any sort of a situation where, um, we're kind of, you know, there's almost becomes like this cult of personality around head pastors sometimes at Mm -hmm, church. mm -hmm. And I always ask, okay, who's watching out for them? Who's making sure that they don't end up in this sinful situation or or different things like that? And so, um, you know, we have different things we do as an elder board, but ultimately like we are, you know, kind of that group that has to make those hard decisions sometimes. Um, and it, difficult to do. But, you know, we believe that it's, you know, the best way to kind of lead and shepherd our church and make sure that, you know, we're doing our best to lead the church with good character and humility and not mm-hmm. be all full of ourselves and all that stuff.
1: That's really good. Yeah. Madi and Mary, you have anything?
0: Yeah. I about, mean, yeah? I just, I think there's obviously the biblical command for it. But I think if we think in general, if we have a lead pastor and he is given all the power for all the decisions and all of those things, the Bible would tell us that that will end in utter end destruction well. yeah. of our souls. Mm-hmm. We see the same thing is true in governments. If we just look to culture and to the world, it does not end well. Um, I'm sure there may be even some people who are listening who have been hurt by churches. I've been a person hurt by a church that had one person with too much power. Mm. And so it is a grace of God that we actually have elders that— together with wisdom, come together to collectively make decisions and to shepherd our people. So, mm-hmm. One small thing I
2: would add to that I probably should have mentioned, like we very purposefully only serve in four-year rota- four rotations. Mm. Um, you could come back and do it in the future, but there has to be a time gap. Um, some churches have like this idea of where those like, you know, elders are kind of indefinite or they have almost like this elder emeritus thing. I'm not a part of the, the, that church, so I can't like be judgmental about it necessarily. But there's just some cautions about that, that we very deliberately have folks rotate and we keep a temporary one, so we're developing men and women in leadership in our church, but also so that we don't end up in a situation where there's not good oversight or factionalism that could come out of it and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the way we set up our governance, you know, we don't get into you know some of the stuff a lot with our church family, but there's very purposeful and thoughtful ways that we have I would say almost like checks and balances to make Mm -hmm. sure we're being wise about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's good.
1: You know, one of the things that the scriptures say, and Marina, feel free to go back to that one too, but also thinking about like uh, 1 Timothy 3.1 says, if anyone aspires to the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. Um, And so there's like this weird aspiration piece, but also Mm -hmm. we've never brought anybody on the elder board that is like, Make me an elder because that's weird. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this Mm strange. like that person's care. Why do you you want this responsibility? It's so heavy and it's so burdensome. Why would you even want to like be, I often want to, can I like remove myself and just (laughs) love Jesus and not right. And so, and yet it's clear. So what does it mean to aspire? Like what are, I don't know. Like what, because that's something that I think often gets lost in the Mm -hmm. sauce in all of this, you know.
3: I mean, I think I th- what I see is I want to take responsibility, not for the person's actions. Dan and I were talking about this yesterday as we we're kind of going through some of the questions and I was like, oh, it really is like, I feel I want to help with this. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it's this overwhelming desire of like, I take I mean I guess it's shepherding, it's pastoral like I want to take some ownership of this mm. like I don't want to just stand by on the sidelines and be like, well, I hope this works out I'd be like I want to do what I can to help out with this and I think that's the balance though is like I can't we can't take responsibility for the church because everybody obviously has their own choices and actions and mm-hmm. it's like the Lord watching over us with free will like we're not robots but you feel like Daniel was like, I want to help. Like, I want to feel, I feel responsible for the welfare of our church to help out with making sure it's as as much as I can do. And yeah, I had reservations. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and it has been a lot, but we've been grateful.
2: I think we've been grateful for our time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say like for me, there was like almost like three elements to the aspiration. One is just, look at 1st Timothy 3 like I would like to have that character. Mm. So it's like an aspiring to the character that's kind of one part of it too. Huge respect for the men and women that serve in the team and just aspire to be around them and be able to learn from them like spend any time around Milana and Jacob Brown and mm-hmm. you are going to be challenged in how you think about evangelism and your purpose and the mm-hmm. time that you have here. And I would not get to be around, you know, them as much, you know, if, if not for that. The third area aspirationally for me also is just in terms of just responsibility for our church. We were, Marina and I were talking about this, you know, a year or so ago when, you know, we had some different issues and stuff we were facing in our church. And I was really feeling stressed and burdened about how difficult it was to be having to make, you know, hard decisions. And and we talked about it one day and I said, ultimately, even if I wasn't serving on this team and I was observing what was going on and mm-hmm. watching my friends struggling through how to shepherd the church well in this situation, I would want to be in the firing line having to own that decision mm-hmm. because I care so much about the church. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm, you know, knowing or imagining what they would be going through trying to make wise decisions in that, I'd want to be in that anyway, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't even if I didn't have to, um, and so I think maybe it's that like desire to shoulder the responsibility, um, hopefully out of love, not out of ego or other bad motivations or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I, that, for me at least, that was part of the aspiration. Yeah, it's almost like you want to help, not you want a position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just mm-hmm. like, like I want to. This serve. is really hard. I care a lot about what's going on at our church, and I would really want to try to help in that. Which I would even I say yeah. to the importance of elders.
1: It's like. I think when the world thinks about biblical leadership, or when the world thinks about leadership, they think about it actually what Christ would describe as Gentile leadership. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you have a position, and with that position you tell people what to do. And Christ is like, hey, that's not how the kingdom works. Yeah, not the kingdom works, you have a position, you lay it down to lift others up. Yes. So I'm giving you power so that you can actually give power to the powerless. Um, you They stand on your shoulders. And so there's a desire not to lead, but actually to serve. Mm-hmm. That's really so there's good. a desire to help, not a desire for position, which… That's why even the comment I made of like people who are like, I want to be… It's like usually they're desiring some Mm -hmm. position. But why? They want to see decisions made. They want to make decisions. They want to… And it's like, okay… But like what about the serving of? Mm -hmm. The laying down Mm -hmm. life of? And it's like that needs to be the motivator. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I totally agree with that.
0: Yeah. I think that's really good. Um, I think too in talking about this like… The aspire that called to do all of those types of things… What actually does it take then to be an elder? If all are to aspire, why are so few chosen? What mm-hmm. are like? How do you become an elder? What are like some of the qualification pieces like to meet that mm-hmm. expectation?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say the the way we approach it is very much we just start with um, the character requirements mm-hmm. in First Timothy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, I'd say, there are a lot of folks that um, may meet those character requirements, maybe. One spouse or the other does. Or maybe both of them do, but it also says specifically, you know, in 1 Timothy 3, don't pick a new believer, right? Because if you do this, yeah. they may become puffed up. It, there's So then you're like, all right, well, you know, there's a lot of folks in our church, incredibly godly folks, but they may be a little bit young. And though I would look at them and aspire to their godliness and mastery of the word— I'm also going to take for sympathy for what it says and be like, okay, yeah, we just need to be careful about that. Um, or there may be situations where there's folks that we'll talk to about it and they look at the either the, the time required or the pressure burden that they think that comes along with it or the responsibility burden who may say no. Or we'll look at saying, you know, composition of who we have in the team and we want to have um, a lot of diversity within the team. We want to have diversity of backgrounds, diversity of ethnicity, diversity of age, um, because theological diversity. Yeah, mm-hmm. theological diversity. Yeah, because I mean, we really want. Um, we were talking about this a little bit this morning. Like, I, I think that churches naturally drift towards homogeneity, and so mm-hmm. it's really like you have to be purposeful about not letting that happen and so there's just different things you have to do to kind of take steps sometimes and sometimes that may mean you've really incredibly qualified men and women that could that could do really really well but we want to make sure that we're maintaining really good balance and how we think about it we don't want to have you know all one point of view from a political standpoint or a background like it's just a lot of different areas that, that go into it and, and sometimes that can be difficult because they really just I mean we're really blessed almost spoiled I think in our church with the amount of incredible people and leaders that mm. we have yeah, in our church. Sure. Um it's it's not normal. Um, anyway, I don't know if, if you'd have anything you'd want to add to that, but
3: um no, the only thing I was like and I think you can look at the qualifications and be like, Oh my gosh, like who who can who can attain or who can aspire? It's like the woman in Proverbs
2: you know, thirty-one. You are like yeah. who uh-huh. could possibly live up to the standard? Yeah. <laughs> and like one of
3: them is like you know the man manages his household well. And while we were thinking about ownership, like our household was,
2: it didn't feel like we were managing well. Not
3: doing very well. Well, I feel and like you were
2: doing well. I don't feel like I was doing particularly well, but yeah,
3: we were. It was this rough time, and I was telling Daniel, I was like, I I don't think we can because like someone's going to look at our household and be like. Not supposed really? to be the example yeah. mm. and Tori was really comforting because he was like it's the way I'm trusting that how y'all manage it maybe you can't control how the ha- the insides are always working but y'all's prayer and your mm-hmm. guidance to the word is what we're looking at and then we also met with what we call the elder elder we met with the Carlsons <laughs> and and I was really honest I was like I'm I'm really struggling like I'm i am most days feel like a red-hot mess. Like, I am i don't know if I'm in, able to be in this position. Mm. And um, Lori was great. So I to go to my whole spiel, and she goes, we're looking, she goes, for people who depend on Jesus and who are humble and know they need him. She mm. said, that's what I'm seeing in you. Mm. And of course, I was like. <laughs> 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 A
2: few cheers there, yeah.
3: Um, and so for me, because, yeah, I I struggled with that of like, it's overwhelming these qualifications. But it's, you know, she was, um, she's like, if you al- align to ascribe yourself to the word, when you sent to repent, to right your wrongs, and you were set on that, then she goes, I think that's more what we're looking for. And it was mm. that was really helpful. That
2: that's encouraging. Helpful.
1: That's yeah. really yeah. good. I think really practically, too, just the last piece of that is, like, we have, we walk through all the qualifications with the elder In a curriculum, right? In it's a, a, a long curriculum, process, right? Curriculum. Yeah. There's usually some stuff we do before the curriculum that comes out with the elders uh, and the potential elders, stuff like that. Um, do a whole application process. That's a long It is. That's a long process. <laughs> it's like six times the length of our, like, yeah, employment application. It's mm-hmm. long. And so, like, that is a big piece. Then we interview them for that, interview, like, their lost co worker, interview uh, somebody that they partner with in. Kids ministry, interview their spouse, have the spouses meet. There's a lot of like background Mm -hmm. that gets to the point where it's like, gosh, if they're hiding something, then they need to work for the FBI because we are vetting and searching and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like, are these people, because ultimately I need to submit to them. Like God's called me to lead the church and yet also called me to submit to the elders. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like, I want to trust. Me and Marina talked for an hour this past week and it's like, I literally want to trust, which I do fully, that like, hey, we can bounce ideas and then I'm going to submit myself to you as you help us lead mm-hmm. in this way. But I want to make sure before we're on the board that I feel comfortable because I'm responsible before the Lord as well. So it's like where I have to submit at times, I also have to like make sure I'm believing in who I'm submitting to. Mm-hmm. And obviously the whole elder team is like that. And so... I just think even just to the technical piece, there's a lot that goes into how you actually get to that final position um, as well.
0: That and I think just to like one of the last steps that we do is actually, if if y'all don't know, part of our being a covenant member is actually choosing our elders. And so Mm -hmm. when we do our annual business meeting, we come together and everyone has gone through this process. Um, the long lengthy process with all of the interviews they're presented to us. And we have to vote on whether or not we think that they should be. And so it is a very communal effort. It's a very weighty effort. And there's a lot of people involved that do the checks and balances, but it's an important part Mm -hmm. of being a covenant member is actually voting and choosing elders. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... You guys talked a little bit, Daniel, about that you guys as elders, like, make decisions and mm-hmm. different things. But I think the average person probably doesn't know outside of that mm-hmm. what it actually, like, looks like to be an elder. Like, mm-hmm. what you all actually do. So, could you kind of explain to us what are some of the things that elders really do? you do yeah. for our church. Besides,
2: so, eat bad breakfast tacos every
1: Friday morning. They're
0: not
2: morning. that bad. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> not, despite what all Texans would say, not all <laughs> breakfast tacos are actually good. There is such a thing as a bad breakfast taco. Ours are usually pretty good. Um, so there's actually we have different kind of sub roles within the team. Um, where we focus on whether it's a uh, disciple, you know, shepherding or administration or evangelism or vision. There's different, and we have. Um, we kind of divide up the work that way a little bit, but um, number one responsibility I think that we have is uh, praying praying for the church. Um, we technically oversee Tory and therefore and thereby oversee staff mm-hmm. ultimately. At the end of the day, though, we don't actively like it's more like we'll um, kind of approve almost like I would say is almost like guardrails of decision-making and then staff manages staff, right? Um, Sometimes I think there's maybe more of a perception that we more actively manage the staff team, perhaps, than we do. Just like a board at a business wouldn't actively manage the leaders of the Mm. business, they provide oversight of it. Um, But I'd say the biggest is, um, prayer, shepherding, um, talking a lot about like, what are the sermon series that we're going to do? You know, having really, you know, sober conversations about where we think the church is going. And then um, a lot of times it's having to make just really difficult decisions sometimes um, that can be unpopular. Um, you know, concrete examples, maybe, you know, we have, one of the things I love about our church is that it, it's just, you see kind of the Lord almost spin up organically passion for all kinds of different ministries and things that people are doing. Um, but we have limited resources as a church and even more limited than you would expect based on the number of people that go to our church actually. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be really, really disciplined about you know keeping the main thing, the main thing. And mm-hmm. our, we are fundamentally as church I describe our church to people outside as an accordion church where we get big and then we want to spin off another church and then we get big and then we want to spin off another church and you kind of get big and retract over and over again. And the reason we do that is because we believe in church planting. But as a part of that, it means that there may be passion for a particular ministry that God is raising somebody up in that ministry. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have the resources as a staff team to then take ownership of every Mm -hmm. amazing organic thing that the Spirit is moving inside our church. And so sometimes we'll have to say like a— we have the you know the capacity and the budget or whatever to focus on these four or five things that we deem most core to the fact that we're a church planning church, mm-hmm. and the the rest of those things. Jacob Brown described it one time that I thought was great. He just said, "Hey, like." when you're, you're moving in, I'm paraphrasing. So Jacob listens to this. He calls him back. He's like, dude, I didn't say it like that. Jacob's more (laughs) articulate than me. So Jacob can forgive me. But he basically said like, you know, it's almost like we're a big boat with a big wake and the spirit is going to spin off all kinds of things in the wake behind where the Mm. mission of our church is going. But we have to be really disciplined to make sure that we know like what is like core to what we are doing and therefore need to kind of have oversight over. And then what are those things that we want to pray over, try to bless, but not necessarily mean it needs to become something that is staff team managed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one example. There's been a lot of other issues and stuff like that. But having to kind of make decisions like that, which then for the the folks that may have really wanted the church to be more involved in XYZ, then feels like they're not as supported as they want to be. Mm -hmm. And we have to like own that decision and explain the nuances of why we did that. And it's not easy to do. You just have to be Humble and try to be as balanced as you can. We'll talk more about this probably a little bit later, but mm-hmm. I think it's it's kind of that type of thing. What it, what it isn't uh, is just like some board of directors where we go in and take a bunch of votes and that's it. Like we, I mean, really see it actively as like a, a shepherding role within mm-hmm. the church.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good. What what are what are some of the things that you uh, about eldering eldering team that you don't think many people know that you wish that they did know. You're like, man, I wish that the church could see this. And you can go, (laughs) I want to hear from both of you on that. You can Mm -hmm. go whatever direction you want. Yeah, we talked about this last night,
2: actually. Why don't you go first on that one? I'll go second.
3: I think that, um, I think it's a false illusion that it's like, Mm, glamorous, sometimes like a, a like kind of a position of status, like what you were talking about earlier. I don't even glamorous; that's not the right word. But I'm struggling for another word about it. But like, it's it's really humbling, and it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, <it's> hard <laughs> because you're um, like I've lost a kind of, a couple of friends along the way because mm-hmm. they've been like, "Hey, like I know you didn't necessarily make this decision personally, but you support it, and mm-hmm. it supports decision." So. Now you, I'm your kind of frustrated. Your husband had to make this decision. I disagree
2: mm. with it. And now I I don't want to be your yeah. friend
3: anymore. Like, mm. oh. But yeah. I was like, I, mm. I do still support this decision, even though I'm not the one who physically made it. And um, so, and I think that it's you're accountable. You're accountable to the church and you're accountable to the Lord. And so, mm. like, there's this it's not that elders are holier than other people. Mm-hmm. We equally sit and we equally make mistakes, but we're accountable to making the best decision as we know how with the team. And so I think it's just—it is really humbling to be, like, prostrating yourself mm. Mm. before the Lord all the time because you're like, right, I'm supposed to be looked at as an example. which sometimes it's hard because when you're not feeling like the example, you're mm. like, oh, I really, like, have to— to always subject myself to the Lord. And that's a good thing. Like, I really feel like I've really grown
0: mm-hmm.
3: in my faith for sure over these last four years, um, but not in the ways that I expected. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, I guess that's kind of a backward answer, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I would want them to know, like, it is, it's, it's, what is that, grainstone? I love expressions, but I don't ever remember the verbatim. <laughs> you, you got prostrate. Perfect though. I we always really
2: mess up and say prostate. <laughs> I have to prostate myself before the Lord. And you're like, really? Like That's prostate? I think it's prostrate. Right yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. really you keep using that, that word. And I don't I think it means word. what you think it means. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I would, um, we were talking about, when we were talking about this last night, what I would say on this one, it's it's kind of a, it's a subtle point. It's hard to explain, but I'll do my best with this. Like, what i would say i don't I, I think folks probably don't really fully recognize is um how difficult some decisions can be and that the right answer is not always as clear and evident as it may seem to folks that feel there is only one way that you could mm. possibly feel usually about because this. they don't have all the information they don't all have all the information yeah. exactly yeah. yeah so for so for example i'm not going to get into specifics but like um whenever um I think it's very normal for, for any, anyone, if you've had an experience that was really troubling or traumatic or hurtful or whatever, those hurts or those experiences almost create a gravitational pull for for going into the future in your life so that other things that happen that somewhat resemble that experience mm. that you had before almost start to get pulled into your prior experiences and so, therefore, you will take the, the passion or the anger or the frustration that you feel about that part of your life, that thing that happened before, and then it starts getting applied to lots of other situations. You can mm-hmm. call it transference, call it whatever you want. But we've had various things that have happened you know, over the course of the past few years in our church where we on the, on the elder team will sit down and we'll, in possession of full information, which, um, out of respect for folks involved in the situations, our church does not need to know and Mm -hmm, shouldn't know mm -hmm. all of the details, but for um, folks that have some of the information or certain representations of the information Mm. from other folks involved, it'll it'll remind them of something else that they've experienced before. And they will say, the only way that this church can possibly handle this correctly Mm. is if they handle it this way. Because the last time I encountered it, Mm. they didn't. And this is the litmus test that I'm going to apply to the decision-making and wisdom of the leadership of this church, right? And we will sit down and talk about these issues. And we hear in advance from folks that feel opposite, opposite, godly people that feel opposite because of either convictions that they have or experiences that they've had or both the experiences that led to convictions that can create a very almost, uh, really tough litmus test to live up to when in possession of the full information and trying Mm -hmm. to make a really, really good balanced decision. And so the part that I think it's hard for folks to sometimes know is um, when we have had to run into some of those situations, we've had agonizingly hard conversations about the nuances of how to handle things. And I think that scripture is really clear about how, how to handle certain situations, but oh my gosh, it's hard and it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And you get into the weeds of the details and trying to figure out how to love people, but follow scripture. Mm-hmm, and, um, mm-hmm. and we've messed up. Like I've screwed up a lot of things. Like if I look back at my time on the board, there's a lot of th- things, some things I wish I could get back. But I think it's really hard without knowing all of the, the details and seeing it that I think it's very easy just to be like, man, they should have done this. They didn't, I'm out. You know what I mean? And it's 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 a it's just really hard. And we're trying humbly and lovingly to make a really wise decision. And and sometimes it's really difficult to do that in a way that quote unquote pleases everyone. But really sincerely, Tori can speak to this too. We're really not going into decisions thinking about how we can please people. Mm. We're going in decisions thinking about what does scripture say? How do we need to shepherd our church? And then how do we lead our church as best we can through that decision? But man, it, it ain't it ain't been easy over the last four years. I mean Three months, I think, after I started, the pandemic hit, and then it's just mm-hmm. it feels like it's been kind of one thing yes. after another mm-hmm. for the last you know four years. So maybe to add into that
1: too a little bit, I think to to speak from y'all's end, and I know I've felt this. There's a relational burden that I think comes about because of some of those things. To where, Marina, you're saying like you're like I've I've literally lost friends to some extent, um, which, has been, which really is really it's been really hard. It's really hard. Really hard. That's mm-hmm. so hard. You know, you see it in the scriptures, and it's like really easy to like read a biblical story and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, whatever. But then to like literally walk through it and to experience it to where it's like, I if like I wish you could like reach into my soul and feel what I feel about you. Like I love you mm-hmm. like so deeply, but I also really feel like this is the right thing. Or oh, I'm really confused and I'm trying my best. And then like, boom, relationships fracture or... And it's like, that's like difficult, yo, to like mm-hmm. carry then the burden. And then the potential guilt even to what you're saying, Daniel, of like, wait, did we make the right decision? Is this like... It's really difficult. You know, and it's like, gosh, I think like the grace that is needed mm-hmm. is probably what I wish mm-hmm. people would even know of like the amount of grace that's needed mm-hmm. from the Lord to literally learn to receive in the midst of it is like intense, you know, and because when Paul says, look, I've been shipwrecked and persecuted and (laughs) Mm -hmm. struck down and haven't eaten for days and been naked at sea and, oh, and on top of all of these things, like all these things combined, what's more significant is the daily burden of the church. Mm -hmm. Like I feel so much more weighty about that, like the church than all of these other physical things, which when we walk with people, when they're going through seasons of suffering, that feels like the hardest thing that they've ever experienced. And Paul would say, gosh, if you knew the burden of the church, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, I don't even care that I'm naked floating around at sea. Which sounds to me like the most terrifying thing on earth. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, that I sounds like terrible. That. You, don't like being, like, you don't like being outside. No. Don't like being outside. Yeah. Yeah. In any context. Definitely naked in the water, yeah. you know. No. But it's like, man, like there's just a burden. So I, yeah. I think even to speak particularly for y'all, like watching you walk into that is just, it's, it's weighty, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah. and I
0: think too, there's so much that goes unseen By people. Like they see the decisions being made and the effect of that, but they don't see the way that elders are walking with people through it, Mm. sacrificing evenings, times, food in their home. I know, like, me in particular was very blessed this last year by both of you um, of just taking time to even listen to my struggles in my story, inviting me and my husband over, giving us advice in this season, like Marina's and mom's Bible study with me and just her wisdom and pouring it out. Like there's a continual pouring out in a care that is often just not seen when we look at the decisions being made. And so the grace I think is, is sure and to trust because it's not just what we see, but like there's sewing and there's constant, I mean, elders go to CGs and check in on people and pray and lay hands on folks. Like there is so much going on that we just don't see. Well, One so I'd agree. say, just
2: Thanks, also sorry. just be encouraging because I don't want to spook people. and fat <laughs> folks be like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, like, but we do need elders. <laughs> yeah. exactly. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I would also say like, you know, there's been a time or two over the course of the last four years where like I approach, you know, Tori or, or others and been like, hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what's going on in my family if y'all think I need to be off the board Mm. because of qualification reasons, take me off the board. But you need to know kind of about these things and what's going on. And I was really encouraged because like Tori, you know, reiterated with me a couple different times. Like it's, it's not about is, are things perfect? It's how are you trying to disciple? And are you, are you doing your best? Are you in the word? Um, I have found, especially in parenting, our kids are, you know, they range from eight to 15 now Um, in the last four years, you know, really we've seen like a real I think like a stabilization and then like a building health with our kids which has been great Um, for me is like four years ago I mean I just I think I'm a much better parent now than I was four years ago Mm. and a big reason for that I think has been because of the encouragement and the discipleship that I've gotten from the men and women on the team Mm. you know what I mean from like I mean, how many wonderful conversations, you know, have you had? And I, have we had with Anne, and, Anne Boone and the mm-hmm. prayer that she's put over our family over the course of those years. So, like, there's huge blessings that come along with it. I don't mean to, like, just paint it all in, like, the, the hard parts of it. Mm-hmm. But also just want to be, you know, sober about what goes along with it. This isn't about, like, well, you know, look at me. Like, if that's the attitude, like, you really shouldn't do it anyway. Mm-hmm.
3: But. No, that's good. I mean, I think the blessings, we oh, DMed about this last night. But, like, we loved the well like yeah. we know it's not a perfect church but like that's the people what? <laughs> yeah, what? Surprise. there's no perfect what? church well, there man. is no, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but that i mean we've really like the people that i get to be with and walk with like I mean, that's why we're here. It's like Christ loved his body. Like, I Mm -hmm. love our body. Mm -hmm. And even through the wounds of it and through, like, these really hard times. Like, yeah, to speak, I feel like we've been going really low, which is good. Let's bring this up. Let's bring this up. Bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's tease that out. What are
0: are some of the, like, really rewarding pieces as you're, like, taking in there and to give you a second to think, like, what have been— some of the, like, gifts and beauty that God's given?
3: I think it's—for me, it's dual. It's definitely fellowship. Like, yeah, being—get to being with an elder team. Like, everybody on is just— Is a delight. And you're like, man, I get to walk with these people. And then, like, just in discipleship, like, I really strongly feel when you disciple someone, like, you're co, like, it's a lot of co discipleship. Like, you're getting to be blessed Mm. by that relationship. And, like, the maturity and the seeking after the Lord that a lot of people in our church have is phenomenal. Like, Mm. That's what brought us here. Is like I was like, oh my gosh, someone, everybody's so much younger than us, and but That's you not know. their fault that we're old, <laughs> 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 you know, older, older. older. <laughs> you really have to get the er part. Sorry, on that you gotta end. add Thank
2: older. You.
3: Her. Um, but that I, I mean, I do. I love our body. I love the women that I get to be with, and it's they sharpen like as iron shepherds, iron like. Man, I get sharpened, I get exhorted as I'm exhorting, I get encouraged as I'm encouraging, and I think like that's my encouragement to our church, is like we think that it's like we have to fight that consumer mentality because mm. it's such a societal thing, as like, consume, 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 instantly gratify. And I'm like, things take time. Mm. Like you have to make yourself vulnerable. And then you have to receive other people's vulnerability. You can't just dump. You have to, like, walk with people. But I do, I feel like I've really been walked with and and encouraged and supported and have supported. And I just, I mean, I love. So I think that's most rewarding for sure. It's just like I'm getting to be with a lot of amazing people. And so when it's hard and when there's a lot of wounds and you're like, you know, but that. That the Lord always lifts us up. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's hills and valleys. He lifts us up to that higher place. He lifts us out of the slimy pit. But it's it's the perseverance and the hope. Like that's what we're all hoping and attaining for. And I feel like we get to work that out in our church, doing mm-hmm. life with people. So, yeah.
2: I think it's also given me um, more full appreciation of parts of Scripture that I don't think I fully like read before. Like hmm. how much of the how much space in the epistles is spent to talking about church health. Mm-hmm. Just like like why is it that like Paul has to say yeah, can you please okay. admonish woman A and woman B to get along in the Lord? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Well because we see this they're incredibly godly <laughs> somebody's lit <laughs> sorry the, what, what song is that the Texas song so Deep we just, in the Heart Deep in the okay, Heart okay, of Texas right? yeah, yeah. Anyway, bad you like, that's
0: all me it's all
2: good but no but like it gives you like a fuller appreciation of scripture it's giving me a full appreciation of scripture just realizing how much of like our walk with the Lord has to do with the church family and trying to build in the church family and then the more I've seen in the in the word over the course of time, th- different things that have happened over the last four years that have been hard. Every single one of them has been in line with scripture, either an admonition or a warning, mm. right? Where it's like, but there are things that I wouldn't have been exposed to as much if I was either, we talked about like the scale in our spiritual life we feel like we've gone through because we've both been Christians about 24, 25 years now, roughly. And um, like you start in like this kind of, like most people in their teens and 20s early on, you really view everything from your own perspective, right? Mm. And how is it affecting you? And so you have this like very consumer mentality, or at least I did early in my Christian life. And then it progresses from like consumer mentality and what is the church giving to me? And then it progresses, oh, I'm going to serve and I'm going to give a little back. But it's still this reciprocity relationship with your church. How much are you getting from them? And then how much Mm. are you giving back? But then like serving in this role, it's it's a different for me now where it's really just like, no, like this is literally a church family and there are entire epistles written just to shepherd the health of mm-hmm. this church. Um, and it has nothing to do with reciprocity and give and take and what we get. That's, I, that's really my good. American mentality thinking. I don't think I would have fully appreciated that. And I feel like it's led to a more, you know, full relationship with God.
1: That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me ask this, maybe as one of the last questions. Uh, and also, for those of y'all that don't know, we do continuous shooting. There's like no editing. <laughs> and we have like a Grammy award-winning producer in Austin. And if he can somehow get the lawnmowers that were going I on, I, if y'all don't hear lawnmowers, it's be, you need to like just go shake Austin's hand on a Sunday. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, but um. Marina, let me, let me ask this. Let me, let me go directly to you. Uh, we think that an elder's wife has as much responsibility, mm-hmm. uh, in calling as an elder. Yeah. And in fact, there have been times where we haven't, um, had somebody come on to the elder board because we felt like okay hey like the the male is actually meeting the qualifications but the woman's bride wouldn't be and yeah. i'm submitting to both of them we are both leading obviously you are over some the reverse has been often true as and well and the by reverse the way. is often mm-hmm. true as well perhaps more true unfortunately unfortunately yeah um but i think if you can maybe speak from the heart um like yeah, what are some of the things that you would say has both impacted you being on this team and maybe even just speak to that, like the elder wife um, perspective that maybe gets lost in in some of this at times. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe just go from your heart here. Like, yeah, what are some things impacted you? What are some things you think about that? We'd we'll just love to hear your perspective mm-hmm. um, in the midst of all of that.
3: Um, hmm… I think that's a, it's funny, like this is a question I've been ruminating because you'd given us some of these questions before and I'm like, gosh, what is, so I guess like confession, just being vulnerable, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I think one of the things that I did not expect was like this pressure that I had to like almost pretend that things were okay. Like after Mm -hmm. I had that great conversation with Carlson's, like we started eldership and I was like, I'm good. Like, I, this is a humbling position. I'm not, you know, I'm going to let my husband, you know, do what he needs to do and I'm going to support him. But I think that, you know, the enemy is powerful. And sometimes either I feel like I would be pretending things were okay when things were not mm. okay. And the Lord is so good though, because I feel like he would be like, hey, that's kind of a little white lie there. Like you didn't mm. do that. Or maybe like trying to cover up like, Confession, we didn't do all the maybe community group visits that we needed to do. We skipped out on some of them. And, like, that's that's harmful to the body because, it's like, that's something that was our responsibility. Mm. And then also, I think sometimes when <laughs> I wasn't always, like, completely 100%, like, support of maybe all the, the things, the yeah. decisions Daniel was either making or the time spent away from home, I'd start to get a little mm-hmm. better. I'd be like, hey, you're, like— looking good out there but I'm still with our fam Mm. and it's hard like I'm lonely or like I need you home and so I think it's like that sacrifice of like but again like the Lord is like who who is your husband Mm. I'm your husband I'm here and obviously there has been balance of like Daniel actually I can't I can't have you go right now like I need you home like our family's not doing well Jackson needs hasn't seen you for days or whatever it is and that's only been pockets like that's not the normal normal, but But I think it's like that inner working of like things are not always fine and that's I feel like the Lord has shown me like how to be walking along with that of like it's okay to say things are not fine it's okay to be open and it breeds vulnerability with others because you're like yeah I'm not going to pretend that everything's okay everything's not okay Mm -hmm. um but I feel like I, I feel like the enemy tried to like almost like slide that in kind of midway of like, you you know, this is what this is what people are expecting of you. Yeah. And yeah. it's like the Lord's like, who's your judge? And I'm like, you are my judge. Oh. Like, mm. yeah. And God's so good, like, just that he's always like in our sin, that he's his desire is like that rod and staff. It's like, hey, I'm gonna correct you through this. And and then being vulnerable with Daniel, of like, hey, I I'm struggling. Um, We've had really good conversations about that. So I always feel like, did answer your question exactly? Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's from the heart.
1: That's really good. (laughs) That's really good. Um, We talked about this on maybe the first episode. So I'm going to tee you up for the last question here. Uh, When I write my sermons, I often can lack some application at times. I can get really theoretical and very much like, but I always like to ask the question like, okay, so now what? like what, what What? do we do now in light of this conversation? And so literally on me and Mary's show notes, we wrote, okay, so now what? Every as time. like some of the application Every things. Time. And so hopefully there's at least one application thing you're taking each <laughs> week, okay? And But I'm teeing up Mary for the okay, yeah. so now what? Yeah,
0: so usually we want to, this is as a church, we believe in sending us out into the world to do things. And so mm-hmm. you guys have faithfully served for four years. You guys are soon going to be, Rolling off, what is one thing that you would like to encourage our church? If you could encourage our church in one thing, what would it be? And both of you can answer. Both of you can have
3: different answers. You first. Yeah. I was praying about this yesterday because I was like, man, what do I really want to impart? It's a big question. (laughs) And um, at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, you know, (sighs) he's— Amazing chapter. And he's talking about like the little bit before is like, Death, where is your sting? And it's all about the resurrection. Like, mm. where is our hope really lie? And it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Mm. And something I've been really impressed upon since my father passed is like, we're so not, this is so not the end. Like, we're mm. really working towards past, present, future. Like, are you holding fast? Are you standing firm? And are you like preparing your way for what's to come? Mm. And so I just get so grieved a lot of times when I see people like just give up or it's like, it's too hard. And like, it's meant to be hard. Mm. Like lean into it because this life is hard. It's like, therefore take heart. I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. You will have trouble. Like you're going to have trouble. Um. It's going to happen. And it's like, man, will you steadfast with us? You need people like fight, you know, you're fighting for community, pushing back darkness. Like, it is a fight. And it's like, man, can just stay in. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get knocked down, but like, and not to be like a cheesy, like, rah wrong. But like, you just Preach lean. Girl, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I just and I love like even the beginning of this chapter, he's talking about like, therefore, um, it's so like, no, hold fast to the word I preached to you. And it's, again, unless you believed in vain. And it's like mm-hmm. that word keeps on standing out in which you stand, the gospel in which you stand. It's like, man, like we always have to be standing, receiving, and fighting. And I think I just get really like encouragement to persevere because I just, it really does grieve me. When people are like, it's too hard. I'm like, mm, don't give up. Mm. Like, this is worth it to fight to the end, to be immovable, to be steadfast. But mm. it takes work.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. So Thank
3: good. you,
0: Medina.
2: Okay, so my okay now, what would be, um, I think sometimes we get to like the end of a sermon and I don't know, Tori, if you feel like pressure to give people something really tangible, go do this. It's always easier to tell someone to do something than to evaluate something or to feel something. Ooh, um, do you know what bar. I mean? I'm but excited it, about <laughs> this. <laughs> well, <laughs> go, go. Well, bear with me for a second. So, yeah. It's, um, it's really good. It is really good. Our church is tends to be fairly young. Um, And as a part of that, I I think a lot about just depths of roots in the parable of the sower as an example, right? Um, And um, if you expect things to always go well, then I think you're very much cherry picking scripture. Mm -hmm. You're reading it with a very... What's in it for me, genie like relationship with God rather Yikes. than like, like deep roots, right? And so my <laughs> okay so now what would be <laughs>
0: there's
2: sound effects there. I gotta listen to that back on the playback because I didn't hear what the sound effect was, but it sounded really cool. Um, but it's but I guess my okay so now would be would be really to um evaluate the depths of root of mm-hmm. your roots mm-hmm. in the faith, right? Um because I think there's a lot of wisdom in thinking about like. We we're thinking about this again with, you know, my father-in-law passing away where it says in Proverbs that wisdom is found in the house of mourning, not mm. in the house of rejoicing.
0: Mm.
2: Okay. Mm. That is not an American admonition, <laughs> no. right? <No. laughs> what is that even talking about? But it's true. Mm. It's in scripture Amen. for a reason. And if you seek wisdom, right? Um, you will obtain deeper roots and the deeper your roots the more you'll be able to stand firm when inevitable storms come at you, right? And so so I I think that, and I think those roots can take a lot of different forms. If you expect to get along with everyone in your church, you're (laughs) not reading your scripture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you expect to always agree with everything that the church is doing, then I would say you're probably not reading your scripture very well. Um, If you're going to church, like looking for that perfect church, like you're going to find the perfect outfit (laughs) <laughs> right? The only person who's going to suffer from that is you, is mm. because God Oof. is moving in so many different churches in, in our city and all over the mm. world. Um, and they're all different, right? Yeah. And the Spirit is moving in each one of those in different ways. And if I were to need to go to a different church within the city of Austin that looked very different from the well, I'd be so sad to leave our church. And yet, I would meet the spirit in that church, yeah, right. And so I would just say, like, evaluate your roots and think about like, are they shallower than they need to be because of consumerism? Mm. And how is it permeating into your thinking, and how's it permeating into your your thoughts? consumerism in your relationships and your expectations of church and your expectations of community um, and how you're reading the Bible? Are you reading it for like a a self-help book? or Are you actually trying to acquire wisdom? Mm -hmm. They're very different things. But when hardship comes, the Bible provides a framework for how to handle hardship. It doesn't tell you it's going to protect you from having hardship, quite the Mm -hmm. opposite. Mm -hmm. And if you're Shocked when hardship comes, I would say you're not really reading Scripture very, very, very closely. Mm. So my, okay, so now what, um, for me coming out of, I guess, four years on the elder team is just to have the wisdom to read the whole thing.
3: Mm. Read the whole
2: freaking thing Mm. and then evaluate how deep are your roots and what are you clinging to under the soil? What are you really, really clinging to? So are you prepared to be able to handle the inevitable things that are going Mm. to come, whether it is um, folks in your family passing away, whether it is losing a job, whether it is your marriage having trouble, whether it is infidelity, whether it is just whatever fill in the blank of whatever those things are. And all of those things are legitimate, painful things. I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to minimize them. But the the Bible um, gives a context in order to know the Lord more in the midst of them if you're reading the Bible, seeking to know the yeah, Lord, I mean, one of my
3: favorite verses: "The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and crushed in spirit." Like mm. God is close to those who are yeah. struggling and just have to lean in. Mm.
2: Yeah, so so I think like it's kind of, it, maybe that's a weird okay. So now it should no. just be self-evaluative. But um, you know, I'm not that I'm not that old, but I've been walking with the Lord for a while, um, and I've seen a lot of folks in my life that like you know they've got vibrant walks with the Lord, and then other folks that kind of drift and you know kind of start to. I don't like to use the Christianese jargony term fall away or whatever because I don't always know if, yeah. that I know what that means. But where you just see them just kind of not really being committed to it. And a lot of times it's either because they're just drifting away into the culture. Like I struggle a lot with selfish ambition, right? Work is a big struggle for me in that respect. So I have to watch it. And I've got a, a wife who's a former, you know, is a social worker and she ain't that interested in whether or not, you know, I attain blah, blah, blah. So she's an amazing accountability partner for me in that. But like, The Bible provides a context for those things. And I just think that the folks that walk with the Lord really well for a really long time do a really good job applying how they feel and how they think to Scripture, Mm -hmm. not just their actions.
0: Mm. Not just their actions.
1: You know, in the historically black church where I grew up, when somebody makes a good point, you stand up. You kind of (laughs) amen. I wanted to stand up, but we're on camera. I got to like keep my body. I saw you. You (laughs) were like, like, I was really good. Yeah, that doesn't happen to me a lot. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot. I've heard you say amen once or twice. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I'm, I'm getting less uptight. I'm getting less uptight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got Four a long way to go. Though. Though. You know. I got a long way to go. You got a know, long way to go. married to a Latina, you got you're you're you're, you're, you're coming out. I like yeah. it. It's, he's <laughs> used
3: to man affection now because he used to like flinch. No, you. Every
2: mean. time I see Josh Guerrero, I'm like, oh god, he's gonna hug me. <laughs> Like a big hug oh, team, and I kind of <laughs> like it. You know, he gives I really good like hugs, but I don't want to tell him that <laughs> so I like it. Josh, if you're listening, I don't like it.
1: That's
2: yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> it. Uh, Well, thanks for being here, y'all. We love y'all
1: we tremendously, love and Thank thanks for having us. That was well said.
0: It was well that was said, all guys. said.
1: Love y'all. See y'all soon.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and share. For more information, visit our website at www.thewellaustin.com slash podcast.